we just had some snacks. Mm -hmm. You put some rice into the cooker. Yep. And tonight we will be recreating the yumble. I liked when we did that last time. It was really good. I do too. Although part of me wishes that I could have a chicken caprese sandwich tonight. Yeah, but we're going to have to <laughs> wait because uh, the person who pretty much got everything forgot the bread and the muffins I ordered. So I'm going to have to order. I'm going to have to make a small order tomorrow, which oh. I can. That's, that's totally fine. Oh, good. But we got everything else, including the ice cream. I'm excited about that tonight. I am too. That's uh that's the that's one of the first Tillamook ice cream flavors that I've tried was a uh, banana split and it's one of my favorites. Yeah. We also get to watch two really cool movies. Yep. And we've seen them separately but not together. I'm excited because I love Groundhog Day. I do too. I could watch that all the time. It's a funny movie. So, I probably <laughs> haven't seen it in at least 20 years. Yeah. But I watched it so much as a kid that I'm pretty sure that I still know it, if not completely by heart, almost. I watched it for the first time a few years ago. Really? Yes, I did. So, like, not too long before we started dating then? Not too long, but before I even met you, so... So it was probably like in 2014, I think I watched it. I was at someone's house. Okay, that's almost 10 years back. That's almost 10 years back, but it, it was a, it was a significant um, amount of time. Uh, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> was that the only time you watched it? The one I remembered, yes. And I kept hearing about it. And um, I think I might have seen parts of it, but I didn't watch it from beginning to end until that time. My sister and I saw it in... I want to say either 92 or 93. I'm going to say 93, mm -hmm. but I could be wrong. And it was part of a double feature at Laurelhurst. Uh -huh. The other film was Fire in the Sky, which I did not dig. What was that one about? It's supposedly based on a true story about this guy named Travis, yeah. who was abducted by aliens in the 70s, Ooh. and they did experiments on him. I believe he's actually still alive. I the guy who the movie's based on. I think you told me about that on. one, because I think you told me about that one, and it didn't sound like a fun movie. No. It, it, didn't, it sounded kind of dumb, actually. I would tell you this. As a little kid, it was not really my thing. Did Even it scare though you? It didn't scare me. It just wasn't that good, oh, okay. in my opinion. Yeah. Even though I'm fascinated with aliens and there was some interesting stuff that's been coming out recently about aliens. But mm -hmm. that's a story for maybe later. Okay. And then Groundhog Day comes on. Yep. And it's brilliant. And you know I love the idea of what if we get to like relive this life but knowing mm -hmm. what we know now. Mm -hmm. And Groundhog Day is kind of like that but in a smaller version. Right. But... It's not just that. It's also funny, and a lot of people mistake it for a love story. Yeah. And the film has a love story in it, but that's not the purpose of the film. That's a minor part of it's the film, actually. Him getting the girl is a result of him growing as a human being. Yep. You know. And and going and and going on to the next day. Mm -hmm. Because he keeps reliving the same day over. <laughs> Over and over again, which is really funny, actually. And I've heard that it's taught in Buddhist schools. 
Um, I, I've heard that a lot of people who are in a religion love, love the movie because some of the messages about repeating things if you don't get them right and learning your lessons. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that movie tomorrow. Okay. But there was an interesting thing I heard about Bill Murray this morning. Oh, yeah? There's a rumor going out that he is in a new relationship. Oh, really? You At his guess? age? Yes. Do you want to guess with who? Somebody uh, famous. Younger? Yes. Like really young or younger than him? Younger than him. Let me guess. Uh, Renee Zellweger. No. Okay. Um, it isn't J-Lo. It is she's, not J-Lo. She's, she's back with Ben Affleck. Nope. Uh, That's closer than Renee Zellweger, though. Okay. Give me a hint. Um, she might have acted in a few things, but she's primarily known for music. I'll give you another hint. All right. She was married to a pretty well-known rapper whose music I like a lot. Um, Kim Mathers. No, Kim Mathers doesn't <laughs> sing this. I know she doesn't sing. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Faith Evans. No. Oh, good guess though, right? That's a pretty good guess. Okay. She was married to a rapper and he died. Yes. Um, oh, uh, I have no idea. You want me to tell you? Yeah. The rumor is, mm -hmm. and it's not confirmed, but they talked about it on The Breakfast Club, either mm -hmm. this morning or yesterday, yeah. is that Bill Murray is dating Khalees. Really? Yes. That's a really odd matchup. Apparently, there are pictures of them hanging out mm -hmm. in Europe. Yeah. And the speculation is that they've been dating each other for a little while. Khalees and Bill Murray? Yeah. Wait, Khalees was married to who again? Khalees was married to Nas. Oh, 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 I forgot. I forgot. Um, But Khalees and Bill Murray, that just sounds like a weird match. I know. Well, well, well when I heard that uh, Jennifer Lopez was going out with Puffy or P. Diddy now, Diddy, Diddy now, um, I thought that was weird too. Yeah, because even though Diddy's rich, he seems like you could probably talk to him. And that J-Lo just seems totally full of herself. I would agree. And, you know, even even when he raps, uh, Pete, Diddy, whatever, uh, when, when Diddy has rapped in the past, he actually sounds like he's a laid back guy. He does. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a rapper, but I can talk to you, you know. Yeah, and he's really more of a entertainer slash mogul than a rapper. I don't even think he writes any of his own rhymes. I do like his beats. I will say that. Yeah. Um, there's always been questions about how much of those he actually produces. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a, a lot, but he's he, whatever he does, he does it well enough to where people really enjoy his stuff. Yeah, and, and a lot of the stuff in his raps are um, sampled. Yeah, and in yeah. my opinion, it's a little bit too heavily sampled. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but it sounds cool, though. I don't know. I like it. It sounds kind of cool. I like it, but I liked it a lot more when I was younger, and I didn't know the source material. Okay. Because it's very late 70s, early 80s. Now, now, let's compare something. So, you think that you could talk to Diddy, right? Yes. Now, I honestly think Jay-Z is full of himself now. What do you think about that? It's complicated. 
It's complicated. I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's a little bit more in-depth than just that statement. I think that Jay-Z has been successful so, for so long, mm -hmm. and he's probably had to distance himself from normal people just because he's so famous mm -hmm. that it leads somebody to not be fully aware of the world around him. Now, that being said, I think for somebody with his level, level of fame that's been that famous for that long, he's probably fairly normal. Yeah. I could also see having a normal-ish conversation yeah. with Jay-Z. Now, having said that, I did see a clip where he was talking to this lady, and I think she was on the, on a, I think she was sitting outside somewhere, and they were having this conversation, and and he says, do you know who I am? <laughs> and she's like, uh, no, I don't think so. And she said, I'm, he said, I'm Jay-Z, and she, they thought it was really funny that, um, that she was talking to him for a while and didn't realize that he was Jay-Z. That's pretty cool. Uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> I remember when Jay-Z was releasing some album, they did a live interview with a studio audience, and it was him and Charlie Rose. And a lady comes up to the mic to ask Jay-Z a question. I hope I'm remembering the story correctly. Mm -hmm. And he looks at her, and then he looks at the audience, and he says, y'all don't know who this lady is, but if you remember that song, I Love the Doe, this is the lady who sang the hook on it. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. What did she What did she ask him? I forget. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I bet you could have a conversation with Jay-Z. And have it be somewhat normal. Now, I don't know yeah. about Beyonce, though. Does yeah. she... She kind of has a reputation of not as bad as Jennifer Lopez, but she's a little bit unattainable, too, right? Or no? Okay, so I don't know about this now. You could be right about that. But mm -hmm. back in the day when she was a part of Destiny's Child, she was fairly young. She was about... You know, I think they, I think she got into that group when she was around 17, 16, and she was still managed by her her mother. And she seemed, for the most part, she seemed pretty down to earth. She seemed kind of um, kind of shy, uh, you know, soft-spoken. Maybe soft-spoken is, is the right word, but she kind of seemed a little bit more humble than she seems to be now. Like, you know, she's got that moniker that she uses Sasha Fierce yes. on stage, and I think that's just ridiculous. Um, one would even, even say that it, it's demonic, but I don't know all, about all that. Uh, but, but yeah, her, her ego, her alter ego, she says is Sasha Fierce when she's on stage, which I think is really weird. But, but back in the day when she was a part of Destiny's Child, I liked her more because she just seemed more down to earth. I don't know about now, now that she's married to a, a very rich man and she's rich herself. They have combined, I've heard, a hundred, no, I'm sorry, $1.4 billion. Whoa. Yeah. Give me some of that. That's good money, babes. That's all I had to say. Yeah. I really like Jay-Z's early stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's as consistent as some other rappers, yeah. but he's made some albums that I think are great. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, I liked I liked Beyonce better when she was a part of Destiny's Child because I liked their stuff, mm -hmm. but... Not so much now. I just think she's become more of a diva than anything. That's fair. I just don't, I don't, I don't really care for divas. Yeah, she's kind of like our generation's version of Diana Ross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah. It's crazy that Jay-Z used to be the president of Def Jam. 
Wow. And I was surprised that they made that move. I didn't think that that was going to work out. And it really kind of didn't when you think about it. Huh. I didn't even know that. This was probably from 2005 to around 2007. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. See, I don't keep up with this, and you know more about it than I do. I can I can go to you for my rap resources. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anything hip-hop, I'll go to you, okay? Nice. <laughs> I've been going down an MF Doom rabbit hole recently, mm-hmm. meaning the last couple of days, just watching different people's commentaries on his work on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it's kind of funny. You were talking about Beyonce and her different moniker of Sauce of Fierce. Mm-hmm. But MF Doom, you know, he also had the uh, Victor Vaughn albums. Okay. Yeah. He was a really interesting person. How much do you know about him? I don't know anything. It, it, Victor Vaughn almost sounds like Vic Fontaine. I can see that. <laughs> Victor Fontaine, yeah. Vic Fontaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when MF Doom was alive, I think mm-hmm. I only owned two albums. I had one of the Victor Vaughn albums, mm-hmm. and I had the Danger Doom album, which is a collaboration he did with Danger Mouse, who... Became prominent after releasing the Grey album, which was the mashup between the Beatles' White album and Jay-Z's Black album. Really? Yeah. And that's really cool. Huh. Was Danger Mouse like a a DJ or something? Yes. Okay. DJ slash producer. Oh, wow. And was there another MF Doom album I had? I I think maybe I had like the Mad Villain album. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was it. I know he put out a lot of different material. How did he die? I don't think it's known. His wife said that he died of natural causes in 2020. Uh-huh. So she said that on December 31st, but apparently he died two months earlier. Oh, really? And MF Doom is really interesting. He was a part of a group in the early 90s called KMD. Uh-huh. And they were working on their second album. The group was him, his brother, and another person. And his brother died in a weird accident wow. during the making of the second album. I think the other guy left, so they released the album, but they couldn't really promote it that much. Wow. And then he took a little bit of hiatus. In the late 90s, he came back as MF Doom. He was known for wearing a mask on his album covers, or most of them, and during live performances. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a really interesting person. Wow. He produced an entire album for Maths to Ace in like 2012. And I didn't even know this until this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Maths to Ace is another, in my opinion, an underrated lyricist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was part of the Juice Crew, you know. What about the Waddle Crew? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What about the Soda Crew? Oh, you know what else? Yeah. You know what else (laughs) I heard on the Breakfast Club today? About breakfast? No. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> Go on. So apparently, Sorry. that's okay. This is considered the 50th anniversary of the birth of hip hop. Really? Which I think is a little bit misleading. Why is that? Because the last poets, for example, released their first album, and I want to say 1970. Gil Scott Heron was doing stuff before 1973. So it's kind of like an arbitrary number that I think, and I could be wrong, that people have determined because um, 
Grand Wizard Theodore started doing these DJ breaks at parties at around 1973. Mm. I think that's what it is, but I don't quote me on that. But anyways, mm -hmm. as part of the 50th anniversary, allegedly, of hip hop, mm -hmm. BET is doing all these weird countdowns or mm -hmm. these weird comparisons with artists. Yep. And they're having people vote on who was the best rap group. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit messed up because the two groups that are still in the running, one I would say is not a group. Mm -hmm. They're saying Death Row and the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm -hmm. And Death Row was like a click slash record label where Wu-Tang Clan was actually a group. Oh, wow. So just by that alone, Wu-Tang should get it. Oh, wow. What do you think about this? I have no opinion. <laughs> now, if we're talking about iconic either record labels or cliques, yeah. I would go with Death Row. But if we're talking actual groups, yep. I mean, I guess you could say the Dog Pound, but mm -hmm. that's only really Daz, Corrupt, and maybe Nate Dog. That doesn't include everybody else. Huh. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's not the way I would judge it. Well, I, I guess, I mean, being um, um, not too familiar with how hip-hop got started, really, I would think that it would have started, like, in the early 80s, like, or even around the time that, um, when did that song Rapture come out by Blondie? Was that 1980? I think so. So, around the time that, <clears throat> that, that their song came out, because she mentions... Um, Fat Five Freddy. Yeah, uh-huh. Flash. Yep. Well, a year before that, excuse me, Sugar Hill Gang released Rapper's Delight. Yeah. But you got to remember, by that time, there had already been rappers like Curtis Blow yep. rapping in clubs around New York. Now, I know he didn't put out his first album until, I want to say, 1980. Yep. But from what I understand, he was on the scene before then. Ah. Uh. Yeah. These are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break down. Did you ever read Russell Simmons' book? I think it's called Life, Death, and Drugs or something. No. It's really good. No, I didn't read it. It came out about 21 years ago. I read it in 2003. And I should probably read it again. But one of the things he said that I've heard other people kind of echo is that everybody was surprised when the Sugar Hill Gang came out. Because they thought it was a corny song, yeah. Rapper's Delight. Yeah. But even more than that, nobody really knew them from around the way. So they didn't have any credibility mm -hmm. with the hip-hop community at that time. Interesting. Yeah. But people are um, sampling their stuff. They're, <laughs> at least that one song. Well, now they're iconic because they mm -hmm. put out the first rap song on yep. record, as yep. far as I know. Yes, yeah, yeah, as far as I know, too. Mm -hmm. But they weren't really respected at the time. And a lot of people thought that that was going to ruin it for other people wanting to get into the rap industry. Mm -hmm. Because they thought that the record was so bad. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's a really good book. Uh, yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I've been doing some reading this week. Oh, yeah? If you don't mind. Oh, no, it's okay. You don't have a problem with me reading? Bubs, you read more than I do. You read more books in one time than I do. <laughs> but I'm halfway done with mine. Nice. I need to get into that. I'm 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 on chapter fifteen. I haven't started. It's been a busy week. Um, oh. but I am 
halfway done with the book. That's good. Like more than halfway done with the book, actually. Yeah. I should say I've been listening to books this week, but well, yeah, we you can I, we can we can um read audibly. Okay, good. Yes. I listened to Ro- Roadside Americans, mm-hmm. which is basically a book about the history of hitchhiking mm-hmm. from the Great Depression up until roughly the end of the Reagan administration. Oh wow. And 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 this is hitchhiking across the country. Around the US, basically. Around the US, yeah. Okay. It was really good. I wish that they would have gone a little bit more in depth. The author quotes a lot of other books, mm. which there's a benefit to that, but I also mm-hmm. feel like am I reading his take on this or am I reading a greatest hits mm-hmm. of what's been written before? Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yes. And I started a book this morning. I think it's just called The 50s. Yeah. There was a book I've read within the last year called The 90s, and it was about the 1990s. Mm. I'm pretty sure this is kind of part of that series examining a decade. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But it's a really interesting book. Um, Mainly it's been talking about the politics. So, Mm -hmm. for example, they discuss... McCarthyism a little bit, Mm -hmm. the atomic bomb, Mm -hmm. the switching of presidents, Mm -hmm. and Korea, right? And how North Korea sort of became what it is a little bit. And that's, I'm still not that deep into the book. I'm assuming they're going to go into pop culture a little bit more later into it. But it's interesting. Wow. What do you think about this? I don't know. Um, I have never hitchhiked. It sounds really dangerous and scary. And you said in the book that there are people that were, uh, killed. Yeah. So I'll only give one example because I don't think it's that well known. Mm -hmm. At least it wasn't to me. Apparently either in the late thirties or early forties, there was a cab driver from Arkansas Mm -hmm. who they discovered had killed six hitchhikers um, over a course of several years. I thought that was really interesting. And in the Depression, it was kind of made to look like people who were hitchhiking just wanted to take from you. Like Mm -hmm. they wanted a free ride. They didn't want to give anything back. Mm -hmm. But then because of World War II, people had to ration things more. And as a result, a lot of soldiers were hitchhiking from place to place. Mm -hmm. So the media kind of changed the narrative to you should help your fellow man. And there were even even slogans that got played on the radio that said, if you ride alone, you're riding with Hitler. What? Really? Yes. To get people to pick up more hitchhikers because Mm -hmm. resources were so limited. Wow. If you're riding alone, you're riding with Hitler. Wow. Yes. And then, of course, after the war the narrative started to change again to it's dangerous picking up hitchhikers. You could get killed or a hitchhiker could be killed by a driver, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how this stuff plays out. And in the 50s, newspapers started running articles that would say stuff like, you only hear about maybe 120th of the murders that happen as a result of hitchhiking. Wow. And the author basically says that that's not really true, but <clears throat> that's the way the media would portray it. Um, Ronald Reagan was a hitchhiker back in the 30s, 
which is interesting because when he came to office, he was anti-hitchhiking. Maybe he didn't want to do it anymore. Well, I don't think it's safe for an American president to hitchhike. But it is anybody. a little bit hypocritical when you get into office. Yeah, but you have to remember, he's changed over the last 50 years since the 30s and into the 80s. So you, you got to give him a little bit of credit. And I will say this for Reagan, even though I, I don't like to say anything too positive about him. Oh, you should. But I am honest. At least he was open when he was president about the fact that he used to hitchhike. He didn't hide it. That's a that's scary. I mean, I I I still can't believe you hitchhiked in Hawaii and you could have something could have happened and we never would have met each other. Uh oh. Man could have killed you, bubs. That's right, Thad. I just thought I also thought it was really odd when you told me that he stopped to see his mom for a bit. That was super weird. How long were you in the car for? Do you, do you remember? It felt like a long time, but in retrospect, it was maybe 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear yelling? I heard talking, but oh, they talking. were watching Roseanne. <laughs> she was, I think it was a rerun on TV or something. Did you, how did you know? Because I heard the show. Uh, I couldn't tell you what episode it was. Okay. Okay. But you could, but you could hear Roseanne. Exactly. Okay. Well, I did like Roseanne, the show. I know you did. You did too. I did. Okay. So the hitchhiking book is interesting. My grandfather used to hitchhike. Wow. I told you about that. I think you did. Mm-hmm. Scaly. I didn't really hitchhike that much, babes. But, you know, once in a while, you got to stick out your thumb. I don't do it anymore. Oh, by the way, here's an odd story. Yeah. So, and it's not really about me. Just to give you that heads up. I was a summer counselor, as you know, back in the day. Yeah. Okay. We're talking like 2009. Yeah. And one day we come into work mm-hmm. and people are upset because apparently some of the kids hitchhiked over the weekend. Uh-huh. And I didn't know this. Yeah. Okay. So we do what is called a philosophy class where we talk about different things related to blindness. Mm-hmm. And as a side note, real quick, I never got to teach a philosophy class. Mm-hmm. As a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever spoke up during any of them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird that I wasn't asked to. Yeah. But anyways. A lot of the other teachers are going through their experiences experiences with hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody there who you've talked to before. I'm not going to say their name. I have talked to before? Yes. I'm not going to talk about who they are right now. Okay. okay. He was telling the story about how he gets into this truck because he was hitchhiking one day. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, are you really blind? This mm-hmm. dude responds with, yes, I am. The driver says to him, well, good, because there's a gun in my car. And if you weren't blind, I was going to use it. Wow. So the guy asks for the driver to pull over. He mm-hmm. does. He gets out. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be a cautionary tale, right? Mm-hmm. About how you're not supposed to hitchhike. Yeah. Somebody asks him, so that's the last time you hitchhiked. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, no, I still do it during emergencies. Oh, wow. <laughs> emergencies? Yes. That's why there's a uh, Lyft and Uber now. He either said during emergencies or it's very rare that I'll do it. But it was something like that. I, after that experience, I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Because if someone is telling me that I would have used a gun on you if you weren't blind, that really would scare me. I've known a lot of blind people who hitchhike. 
And one of the female teachers says that she'll do it or said Mm -hmm. that she'll do it, Mm -hmm. but she'll only hitchhike and get in a car where there's a family. That's (laughs) still a little bit cray cray. Yeah. Because think about this, though. There may be a family there, but the guy or woman, the the, the husband or woman um, could be crazy or maybe they're not their family. Maybe they're not a part of a family and they're just like, taking this, these kids around uh, because they're friends with uh, a family that they know. It, 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 it's still not safe. I haven't hitchhiked since probably late 2006, early 2007. Yeah. So it's not something that I do anymore. Okay. Just I've so never you know. done that. I've never needed to do that. That's why they have cab services. <laughs> That's why cab drivers are paid to take you wherever you need to go. And I'd rather do that. I'd rather be in a cab um, where I know where I'm going and, yeah, I'd be a little bit safer in a cab. I don't know about today, babes. Yeah. But I think when we were coming up in the early to mid-2000s, it was probably a lot more common in the blind community than you would assume. I would imagine because we didn't have um, Lyft or Uber. Yeah. There were cab companies, but... They were super expensive, mm-hmm. and they still are in some way, but uh, Lyft and Uber uh, were not around, and they weren't um, they weren't so widely used. They weren't used at all uh, because they weren't around. No. So um, I wonder how it was in New York, though, because in New York, there's a whole bunch of taxis. I've heard, babes, yeah. that you don't really need a car in New York because not only do they have a good taxi service, but they have really good public transit. That's what I hear. And and you can take the subway. Yeah. Yeah. The train or the subway. So, I mean, yeah, I, that's what I hear, yes. And and that's why um, I think I may have told you this here. The piano teacher I had uh, a long time ago, she went to study piano in New York, and she didn't get her license until she moved back to Hawaii. Wow. Yep, she didn't have to. <laughs> it was, uh, you know... Cab drivers are readily available. The bus was was there, and you know she she took advantage of those services, and then she came back to Hawaii and realized I had to get my driver's license. Although in Honolulu, you don't really need it either. Um, I did hear that they have a good um city bus access in Honolulu, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, yeah. But you moved away when you were 15. I did. Before you were really using buses a lot. I did. I did. I mean, I took the city bus when I was traveling with my instructors and uh, my friends. But it was only for short trips to like, you know, the um, if we were going to the grocery store or somewhere else. But, um, oh, wow, I almost said his name. But my friend um, got started on bus travel um, long before any of us did. I don't even remember how old he was, but by that time he was already in, um, I think he was already in high school. I think by high school, yeah, you should really know some bus routes as a blind person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in Hawaii, like, I mean, when we were, when I was growing up anyway, um, uh, people from the um, from there at uh, um, at the place where I used to go to, um, they were not encouraging their students to do that. 
That is so crazy. It is. And which I thought was kind of interesting because my friend um, was going on some uh, bus trips um, with my instructor because um, and he and she said that he was an advanced um, traveler. So I thought it was interesting that um, they would discourage their clients to do that. So this is interesting to me. Yep. I believe kind of in the idea of free will. Yeah. But that's also balanced with, yes, you should do what's right and you have the free will to do what's right or wrong. And at the same time, if your community is telling you from the time you're a young kid, people who you are taught to look up to, mm -hmm. that being independent isn't necessarily a good thing, are you in the wrong for listening to them? And I think it's a complicated um, answer. People are different. I think, I mean, so I have a good friend that I've known for 30 plus years. And she is in an opposite, the opposite situation that I'm in. Um, and she has been, I, I won't say her name, but she's been living with her parents for a very long time mm -hmm. and she was discouraged not to be independent to not be independent um but in my situation there are people in my family that discouraged me not to be independent but I wanted to pull away from that so uh, it's it's hard I don't know if it's a right or wrong answer yeah because if you're stuck with people telling you and and everybody that in your life telling you that you can't do it you shouldn't do it um it's not it's not possible for you to do it then you're gonna think that you're not gonna do it mm -hmm. you're, you're gonna think that you can't do it and you're not gonna know where to start but for me um i was encouraged to be more independent by people in my family even though other people would say things like your family knows more than you do and they know what's best for you and you should listen to us instead of pulling away from us or being more independent. So I was getting both messages, but I decided that I wanted to pull away from it. Nice. So it really, I mean, it really depends on the person and I get why my friend is stuck. And I really don't know. I mean, she's on her way to... I think to be more independent, but I, I, I really believe that because I got um, a little bit of a background in becoming more independent by the time I was 18, um, it was a lot easier to, uh, to get back into it or to, um, to get more independent. When was the last time you talked to this friend? Oh, it was a while. Um, Oh, I don't even remember. I, I think she was getting ready to go into her program. It might have been a couple of years ago. Wow. But we've been so crazy busy. Um and and she and, and, and keep in mind she was in that program but she had to get out of it because of her um health issues. Mm -hmm. And it was such a different program than when we were going there because um, when we were teenagers, I remember I told you about the, the occupational therapy program, right? Yes. I thought back to it and I'm like, what is occupational therapy supposed to be? Because all we really did in that 
in that class was arts and crafts. It was just ceramics and woodwork or limited woodwork because we didn't drill or anything. We just sanded wood down and I made a key holder. I also made this flower, flower vase. <laughs> I also made a clay bowl. Um, you know, what was that? What was that really teaching us? Nothing. No. It was just, well, how do you do these projects? Because at that time, they wanted their clients to uh, to make arts and crafts for the center, or uh, they wanted to they wanted their clients to do easy jobs like work at newsstands. And my mom didn't want that for me, so, and I agreed, and I just thought. This this class is such a joke because occupational therapy should be something else. Exactly. You know, or or they should have like a resume <clears throat> writing class mm-hmm. or a class on how to answer interview questions effectively. Um or how to fill out applications for uh jobs effectively or something something that would really be important for a young blind man or woman in the future so absolutely yes yeah, so i'm not i'm not exactly sure what occupational therapy is supposed to entail well i still love you babes okay i don't know why you keep saying that at the weirdest time because i do okay yes but it's weird i don't have a full answer for that i'm assuming if there is a god who judges us, he's going to take that stuff into account too. So it's not just going to be, well, why didn't you go to Hollywood and become a movie studio exec? Maybe, maybe he'll ask that, but maybe he also took into consideration. Yes. But this person was told from day one that they couldn't leave their house. But here's another thing to think about. What? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. He may hold that into account too, but it's possible that this person did what, um, he or she believed that uh, God was calling them to do. Mm. And instead of going to Hollywood, they decided to pursue something else that gave them more purpose. Right, but I guess what I would say is I'm Hollywood is an extreme example. Yeah. But I'm trying to give the... Contextualize it as the person who's blind mm-hmm. and never really travels or challenges themselves... Versus what God may want them to do, Mm -hmm. for example, going to Hollywood and becoming a a famous executive. Yeah, in other words, um, how a blind person would not use their potential. Exactly. Okay. That's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah, and and he probably will um, hold that into account just as much as he would hold a sighted person into an account about what kind of um, thing, you know, what what do they do with their life. Yeah. I, I would agree. Um. I would totally agree on that. It's like that LL song from Bigger and Deffer where he's like, an old man, when people ask what you did with your life, you'll say, I hated LL and I carried a big knife. Okay. Um, I do not plan to say that if God is real and I meet God. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. You're going to be like, that doesn't matter to me. What is your right. real answer? <laughs> uh, bro, I know you listen to rap music, but come on, give me something else. Yeah. That's it. I, I just, hear. I mean, and I repeat it over and over again, and I could, you know, I, I'm sorry if I'm sound like a, sounding like a broken record. Go ahead. But I feel, I just feel for the people that you, we that we know about that have so much potential, but they just don't use it. They exactly. don't want to use it. 
Or they don't know how to. They don't know how. And it's possible that they don't know how because it's not um, how they were taught. But if they had the right resources, like I was just talking to somebody. I was talking to one of my instructors about what's going on in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I, I, I think I told you, you I did. may have told you this. Yesterday you told me. About what, the talk I had with my mom? No, the talk you had about the Philippines with your teacher. Yeah, okay, so I'm repeating this. But you didn't say it here, though. I'm, I'm repeating it, but I'm repeating it here. Yes. So I was talking about my mom being in the Philippines and how she visits uh, blind kids and tries to help out. And she told me that the teachers are very loving, but they're too helpful and they don't want the kids to cook. And, and at this time, the kids are like between the ages of 15 and 14 and 16. Yeah. And by 14 and 16, you should know the basics of how to do things like how to wipe a countertop, how to use a microwave and or a stovetop if possible, or how to use a, um, a small appliance. Yeah. You should know that. Uh, you should also know how to make your bed. You should also know how to arrange your clothes. Things like that. Basic mm -hmm. life skills. But when it comes to cooking, they won't let them cook. And all they have, all they let them do when the food is ready is they take a lime and they, um, they squeeze the juice onto their food. That is crazy. And they don't. From what I gathered, my mom says that they don't use canes because they were never given canes. That is so crazy to me. So a couple of things I have to say about that is yeah. at 14 or 16, I didn't know how to cook either. I mean, I knew how to keep things up in the microwave. I did too. I did too. I mean, I knew I knew basic sandwich making skills. Yeah, but I, yes, I can make a peanut butter sandwich by myself at 14 or 16, yeah. but not much else. Yeah. But... I was using the cane. Yep. Maybe not as much as I should, but I was still using it. Yeah. And I had the basic idea of cane travel instilled in me. Uh -huh. And it is crazy to me that kids in the Philippines don't have that. It is. And they, you know, and as I said, they don't have brailers. And my instructor asked me, well, do they know braille? And I would say, and I said, I would imagine they don't. Because yep. if they don't know how to use a brailler for sure... They're not going to be able to read Braille. Exactly. And they're not being taught Braille. And and I said, how different would it be if I was raised in the Philippines and my parents didn't have any resources for me? I wouldn't have gone to school. I probably wouldn't have gone to college and studied music. I probably wouldn't have picked up an instrument. I probably wouldn't have dated anybody. You never would have dated the bald god. My goodness. It's not all you, bud. But... <laughs> A lot of it is, but keep going. I love you, but come on. I know, but come, come on. Come on. Right, keep going. It's in my story. Okay. I wouldn't have made the friends that I have now, and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to move to different places and to travel. And I just think that it's it's so sad. And and, and there are some exceptions. Like, I've heard about this um, blind uh, Filipino girl that ended up going to a prestigious university in the Philippines I think it's called um, Ateneo mm -hmm. and um, she's very very smart and I think she was studying math I forgot I have to ask my mom about that university but anyway um, she was blind I think she was totally blind and she got into that university how long ago was this 
This is years ago. Okay. I wonder if this I, lady's still alive. I think I remember what her name is, but I don't remember her last name. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to state here, but I mean, thinking about that, I'm like, oh, it's so sad. And I, and I told my instructor, I said, it's tragic. Really? It's a tragedy because they're, they're basically at square one. Yes. They don't know the basics about that. Even they're not even at the basics. And here's another thing. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody, I don't want this to sound racist, but let's just mm -hmm. say somebody from America yeah. who has worked with blind people mm -hmm. and knows that, you know, we're capable folks unless yeah. you put us behind the driver's seat of a car. Yeah, and in that in that case, you wouldn't be able to be. <laughs> yeah, but let's say somebody, uh, let's even say a Filipino person raised in America yeah. who works with blind people, decides mm -hmm. to move to the Philippines mm -hmm. and become part of the community out there. Yep. Would they be shunned because it might be perceived as they're pushing these blind kids too hard? I don't know. I mean, I have a friend who was adopted from the Philippines and the last I heard she wanted to go back even, you know, because it sounds like, you know, n uh, nothing is really going uh, well for her right now. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't exactly the most independent person either. Oh, really? She, how should I say this? She was independent to a fault. Uh, or maybe maybe that's not the right way to say it. She was independent in some things, and she wasn't in other things. Example. Uh, I'll say this in the kindest way possible because I I've told you about this person before, but other people may not have known. But um, she's kind of a mooch. Oh, that one. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Kindly, but she would. Um, if she wanted to contribute to something, she would bring less money and expect you to pay for the, for most of it. Mm -hmm. Like how, like, you know, for pizza or whatever it is. And, um, if I got us a me if I, um, served her with a meal, she would want an extra bowl. And I'm like, I, I, you know, at the time I wasn't, I wasn't really rich and I'm not rich yeah. right now. And I'm like, I can't give you seconds. I'm sorry. I, I don't have enough. Yeah. I only have enough for one bowl for each of us. And that's it. And, um, you know, I mean, I think she did try in some ways, but there were things that were, I felt like they were lacking. Oh. Yeah. It was almost like, well, what can I, what can I do to get stuff from people? Yeah. And I get it, you know, um, if you if you were living in an orphanage and you were hungry, because that's what happened with her. Mm -hmm. She was living in an orphanage before she was adopted by her parents. I get that there are times where you are going to bed hungry, but uh, that doesn't give a person the right to take, take, take. It doesn't give somebody the right to take, but mm -hmm. at the same point... You do kind of understand that maybe why this person acts the way they do, right? Because 
who's to say if you grew up in an orphanage, you wouldn't be the same way. But by the time I met her, she was already 13. How old was she when she left the orphanage, roughly? She was five. Okay. I hear you. I still think that would be a difficult thing to break, though. Yeah, but she she spent most of her life with her American parents. Oh. And they were trying to, I mean, I would imagine they were trying to teach her about sharing. And I, I, mean, I don't know because I've never been to her house and haven't seen her parents in action. Uh, but... You know, she, I, I get it. I kind of understand why she, why she would do something like that. But at the same time, after a while, it's like, you know, you, you can't, you can't be asking and expecting people to give you stuff, especially if it isn't yours. Exactly. And you know what I mean? I um, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's, I mean, I really wish her the best. I haven't uh been in contact with her for the reason um that I haven't been in contact with her in the past is that you know I kind of didn't want to get caught up in her world because it's kind of messed up yeah and she does have some issues she needs to work out and I wish her the best but I gotta be careful I hear you. And some people, it's like that. It's like you realize that you can't be in their life, but it doesn't mean that you want bad things for them. I mean, I'd like to, but I want to be, I mean, I, and, and there were times where I used to worry about her because, you know, she's a few years younger than me. And she was making some really, really poor decisions when it came to uh, men. Mm -hmm. And... After a while, I'm like, why am I even worrying about this girl? She's got to get herself out of this and learn how to get herself out of it. At some point, you got to put on your big girl pants. That's right. <clears throat> yep. Big girl pants. Right. Yep. Exactly. And, um, you know, she's got to learn through some hard, um, hard things about about men. Um, and unfortunately, she's put herself into pretty sketchy situations. And at the same time, I'm just like, why am I even worrying about this girl? It's just like, I mean, she's going to have to figure this out on her own. Well, I didn't want to say anything until now, babes, but she's actually in your living room. We're about to have a tearful reunion. <laughs> Gertrude, will you come in now? <laughs> is Gertrude? What is this whole obsession with Gertrude? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Anastasia, but anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, good. No, it was Drizella. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough when you see people do stuff like that, but there's not really much you can do. No, and, you know, they're not going to listen until they actually hit rock bottom. Yeah. But we, that's why we got to work on, at the risk of sounding all Republican. Why? Maybe you should. Well, I don't know. But that's why we got to work on bettering ourselves. Because maybe that'll set a good example. You know. That doesn't sound Republican. That just sounds like common sense. Okay. We have to. We have to learn how to improve ourselves. Nice. Because if we're not growing, we'll never grow. We're, all, we're always going to be stuck in the same situation. That is true. We are thinking about trying to learn salsa dancing, or I am. And then I found out the other day that little J-Lo is interested. I think it would be fun, but 
I mean, I, I was, when you told me that the first time, and I think you mentioned um, dancing, but I was thinking about it. it. It didn't mean that I didn't want to. I was just thinking about it. Ecstatic dancing, I'm not sure. That's fair. But salsa dancing, I heard, is really fun. And I heard swing dancing. Swing dancing is really fun. I have a good friend of mine, the guy who hosts the open mic where you and I met. Yep. Called me the other day and we talked for a little over three hours. Mm -hmm. And a fair amount of that was focused on dancing. It was, yeah, it was interesting because he used to live in Seattle uh -huh. and he told this, this was years ago, like the early 2000s, mm -hmm. way before him and I met. He told the story about how him and his wife went to a beginner salsa dancing class oh, yeah? for a couple of weeks and he hated it because it was way too visual. Really? But he said like the key is to search for a good teacher. Yep. And he actually told me the name of some couple. Mm -hmm. I guess they're a blind couple living in Portland and they learned to dance, not salsa, but another style for their wedding. And it sounded interesting. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That is very cute. And they danced at their wedding? Apparently they did. Oh. Yeah. We also spent a lot of time talking about doctor assistant suicide and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, I think it would be fun. I, um, you know, I heard ballroom dancing is super fun. Um, I And then I, I told you privately that I went to this dance in high school and one of the staff uh, was uh, teaching us how to do the foxtrot and mm -hmm. I... I remember it was easy, but I can't remember how to do it. I'd be willing to give something like that the shot. I do want to learn salsa dancing though at some point. Yeah. Yes. So I remember I told so I remember going to Washington DC the second time for this program called the Close Up Program. And at the end, um, the last night of the um the last night of the program, we had a banquet and there were some uh, girls and guys from Puerto Rico and a bunch of them were doing some salsa stuff. That's salsa pretty cool. Dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good stuff there, babes. Yes. 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 Should we briefly touch? I don't even know if we need to touch on the indictment stuff because Trump's not going to jail. We already know that. We we already have our own opinions about it. We disagree on the reasoning why, but we are both of the opinion that Trump is in no way threatened with actual jail time. Now, listen, a year from now, it could be turn out that we're both wrong and he's in the slammer, but I highly, highly, highly doubt that. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could just say that he got indicted yesterday. Neither will he go to jail, and I honestly don't know if Biden and his wife and... um his uh, family members are going to jail either. Of course not. I, I, I think it would be, I, I think it would be interesting if they did um, because they have been uh, caught or they, they, they have found out um, what links they have to um, uh, companies that they've been getting money from. Well, and it, well, I mean, there's other things too. Yeah, but there's also Trump has links to Saudi Arabia and we know that. But nobody's making a big deal about that either. And that doesn't make, I, don't, I should probably say this, that doesn't make the Biden stuff okay either. But it's known that Trump's family is getting money from Saudi Arabia. And yet we look the other way on that. But uh, two wrongs don't make a right. You will never see an ex-president in this country go to jail. You know that's my belief. 
Well, if you believe that Biden's really president, in which I never have, I would say that he should be in jail. And um, it's about high time that somebody um, brings that up because of what's been going on behind the scenes. Well, what I will say, babes, is in this country, it doesn't matter if you... One, I believe, based on the evidence, that uh, Biden actually won the election. But irregardless of that... We know from 2000 that it doesn't matter if you win an election. It matters if you are sworn into office. And Biden was sworn into office. So he is our president. Nope. I will always say that. I'm tired of people calling him president. Nope. He was only sworn in because supposedly there were 80 million votes, which doesn't add up because most of the people that voted for him were dead. And some of them weren't even in the state. So All right, but, but babes, babes. But, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's a, uh, there's a technicality there. Well, and again, I would say we know from the year 2000, it doesn't matter who wins the vote or not. And we could, we could leave it at that. Once you're sworn in, you are the president. Um, and that's just the way it goes. Now, Biden's getting credit for some, and I don't want to focus on this too much either, because we at some point we got to get to our homework and food and all that. Biden's getting credit for the debt ceiling negotiations, uh, and I think he did a horrible job. I think that whole debt ceiling thing was a terrible idea, um, and it isn't just. I'm I'm not just upset with what Joe Biden has done but i'm also more more upset with um kevin mccarthy oh see that's interesting because i actually think i don't like what he got but i think kevin mccarthy did a lot better than joe biden did on this whole thing i don't think so i kind of i mean and it doesn't surprise me either um from what i understand he didn't he didn't tell anyone what was going to happen and he went and negotiated with Biden Biden anyway to pull this um to pull this bill through and uh, a lot of people are not happy nobody's uh, a lot of republicans are not happy with this see here's what the media is trying to avoid saying Biden didn't have to negotiate at all he could have used the 14th amendment it's written right there so he didn't have to give Republicans anything. That's why I think anything they got is a win for them and not for the Democratic Party. Yeah, but remember, the Republicans who voted this bill through was siding with the Democrats, but the media won't tell you that. The, the establishment Democrats that wanted this bill through and are trying were trying to advocate for it, they side with the Democrats, and that's why this bill was uh, bipartisan. Oh, uh, but of course, uh, the media won't tell you that. Oh, good. And there are a lot of Republicans that are that want McCarthy's head, and I definitely would agree that he did not do what the people wanted. Marge just wanted the lipstick. The rest of them want the head. Ah, I mean, I mean, that's just an expression. They don't really want his head. No, no, they no. want him out. Yeah. Uh, they they think that he did a horrible. Um, he made a horrible decision by negotiating with Biden and not telling anyone. Oh. That's all I have to say about that. Fair enough there, little J-Wool. Little J-Wool. Are we going to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson? Um, yes. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? 
Well, why don't you go first and I'm going to give you my thoughts. So first of all, I have to correct something that I've been saying because I looked at the information and I was a little bit wrong. So I had said before that when Blake Neff was on these white supremacy uh, forums, he said that when Tucker Carlson speaks, he speaks for us and he uses dog whistles in his monologue. I looked back at the evidence and I believe I still believe that the implication was there, but it's not worded that way. So I conflated a couple of things because his posts on the white supremacy websites came out around the same time that this interview he did with a Dartmouth alumni magazine was being reported on. In the Dartmouth alumni magazine interview, if I'm getting the story right, which I hope I am, uh-huh. he says that he writes the first draft of everything Tucker Carlson says. Now, yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah, yeah, this was before he left Fox News, uh-huh. but that's what he said when he was still uh, a part but, of Fox News. Yeah. Um, so he, he did not say that he put w- uh, racist dog whistles in Tucker Carlson's monologue. Mm-hmm. I got that wrong. Okay. I still believe that's the implication, especially if you read what's on these forums, but that is a personal belief. I cannot prove that. Okay. Um, so I, I do have to, it's, it's still my belief, but I, the facts don't exactly bear that out, although it's still implied. Um, okay. Blake Neff also wasn't fired from Fox News over his racist comments. He decided to leave. Now, they let him resign, but they let him resign. So, and, and that may sound like a trivial thing. Yeah. I don't know what the laws are in each particular state, but I know yeah. in some states, if you resign, yeah. you're allowed to collect a severance package okay. as opposed to being fired. But, so, it, but, it, but really quick though, before you go on, yeah. what I was reading was that they said that they took swift action after they found out what happened. So it was implied that they fired him. Yes. But if you read further, it says that he, they let him resign and that could mean it's it's just a ceremonial thing. That could mean they let him collect a severance package after he left. I don't know. Okay. Depending on the state again. Um, so I, I, I wanted to correct some okay. of, of the things that I got wrong really yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, I did watch the interview mm-hmm. this morning. That I know I'm a procrastinator, but I'm honest about it. That's okay. I I did not. I've done that too. Yeah. Um, you know that he that Tucker Carlson did with Ben Smith. Mm-hmm. And keep it real. I'm not a Tucker Carlson fan, but Ben Smith is not a good interviewer. See, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm gonna give you my thoughts on that after I heard the interview myself. Yeah. So he's not a good interviewer. I would, however. I want to be careful about how I say this because you're right. When the interview starts, he goes right into the racist stuff. Absolutely. And he keeps harping on it. And, and by the way, it is my opinion that Tucker Carlson is a racist. I can't prove that. That is my opinion, though. But there's a way you present certain things. And I felt that Ben Smith wasn't exactly listening to Tucker Carlson's answers. No, he wasn't. But I felt that something you you got kind of right but a little bit wrong when you told me about the interviewer. You did say correctly that Tucker Carlson kind of called him out on it and said that this isn't the way you interview, which is it is true. But the interview continued after that. And if you watch it all the way at the very end, Tucker Carlson said something like, I had a good time doing this. So there's that. But and and, and but 
there is a big lie that I believe Tucker Carlson said during the interview. And I'm going to get to why I believe that in just a minute. So Ben Smith is talking to Tucker Carlson about the racism, the, mm -hmm. the alleged dog whistles that are on his show. And he brings up Blake Neff mm -hmm. after Tucker. Uh, and by the way, I didn't listen to that part and I should. Okay. After Tucker Carl, right after Tucker Carlson says, I've never met a white supremacist racist in my life. Mm -hmm. And he just lets a, Tucker Carlson go. He brings up Blake Neff for a second, but doesn't hold Tucker's feet to the fire. Because if he knew Blake Neff, which we are believe that he did, then we have to believe that but, Tucker Carlson has known at least one white supremacist. But 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 also you have to think about when, and I don't know when this well, happened. So this is why I say I believe Tucker Carlson is lying. Because it's one thing if you say something that isn't true. It's another thing if you say something that isn't true, but you don't know it. And the video, it looked like it was posted after Blake Neff's firing. However, mm -hmm. I do not know if that's an original source. What I will say, mm -hmm. what I will say really quickly, though, is that they talk about the January 6th riots, were, which were obviously January of 2021. Blake Neff, I believe the racist stuff came out uh, with him in the summer of that year. So that's why I believe this was after the Blake Neff controversy. I could be wrong, though. Okay, and you also have to consider that um, things could change between uh, when a person is working at an organization and you find out later on that this person should not have been working there. Uh, you know what I mean? But I'm going to get to that. Yeah, but, but what I will say is... If it is after the Blake Neff controversy, for Tucker Carlson to say that he's never met a white supremacist is just a lie. And well, I don't think you could argue that. Well, no, but at the same time, you have to think, well, you know, we don't know exactly when this was recorded. Yes. I um, mean, we know it was between, it was after January 6th of 2021. It was, it was after January 6th of 2021, but you have to admit, and I think um, you kind of did, mm -hmm. that this guy didn't want to talk about anything else except for how he thought um, Tucker Carlson was really racist. Yeah, and I would want to talk about that with Tucker Carlson too, but I don't think that Ben Smith is a skilled interviewer. Because even if that's all you want to talk about, there's a way to do it that Ben Smith didn't do correctly. You could tell that he's not skilled in that area. Now, I, no. I can't vouch for his writings. I've, I haven't read, I don't believe I've read his stuff. There's another Ben Smith who wrote a book that I read, mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of about like the rise of social media. I don't think it's the same guy. Um, well, Ben Smith, um, the interviewer was from the New York Times, from okay. what I remember. And he sounded like he was, um, he was um, young-ish. Like he was a young reporter. Yeah, he sounded somewhat young. And it's also, it was a little bit strange, I'm assuming for both Tucker and Ben, because the interview was virtual. And with that, you have to cut both people some slack because mm -hmm. there could be lag. But still, Ben Smith was not the person I would have chose to interview Tucker Carlson. 
No, so, so at least we would agree on that one. Yeah. So how do you feel about what I said? I admitted to some things I got wrong. And and um, I was critical of the interview, but I also recognize that you got some things correct about it. Would you say I was, if you don't agree with everything I say, would you say I was at least honest you, about my You opinion? were honest about the things that we both agreed on. Yeah. That we, that we don't believe that uh, Ben Smith was skillful at it. Yep. Um, I also disagreed about what you said about um, Tucker Carlson um uh defending um uh, or not, not defending but um you know i i think that that when tarka carlson said that he never met a uh, white supremacist in his life i like i said i would have to know when it was i have to know when it was re um when it was recorded uh, exactly when and i can't remember when blake neff uh left I but but i wasn't done okay um but I have to know. I have to know the whole thing in context. Yeah, and, and so I can't really give like a um, an a, agree or disagree on that. One. Yeah, and and I will say this. Another reason too is again, Ben Smith brought up Blake Neff by name, and that's not something you're likely to do unless Blake Neff was already in the news for the white supremacy stuff, which he wasn't in the news until they found out about his posts on those forums where he was using the N word mm -hmm. and saying that Asian people shouldn't be doctors. And he would oh, know he wouldn't, he wouldn't receive care from an Asian person for free. And that's really, horrible. yeah. And calling and, black people mongoloids and stuff like that. And, and also too, from what I gathered is that Fox news did not know that this was going on because he was using a different name Yes, and he was on an anonymous website. So I, I have to defend Tucker Carlson and say that he, it most likely, and, and this is just my opinion. I don't believe he knew about what Blake Neff was doing behind the scenes until he resigned. And I'm going to get to uh, my part of the homework. In yeah. A bit. Yeah. So, okay. So we got over it. We got, um, we talked about that. Yep. Okay, so I read his statement, and I actually heard it on the air a while back when Blake Neff left uh, Fox News. I did not get the sense that he was defending Blake Neff at all, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because he said, you know, what he said anonymously was wrong. This does not, this um, has no connections to the show at all. And he also said, um, you know, he called those the, the people who were celebrating his departure ghouls. I think the reason why he said it is that he um, not only was he sad that Blake Neff ruined his career because I guess he was significantly younger than Tucker Carlson. Okay. He called him a young guy. But he also said, hey, if you're celebrating somebody else's calamity and you're acting like you're holy while you're being anonymous, pretty much you're just as guilty as Blake Neff, and you should be held accountable for it. I don't think he was at all defending Blake Neff's actions. I think he was just saying that, hey, you ghouls should not, do, you should not celebrate somebody else's calamity just because you can. Okay, that's an interesting take. And to be fair, I did not see Tucker Carlson's monologue after Blake Neff left. Now, I will tell you this. I tried to find it and I couldn't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, you you, you can. Um, yeah, you should be able to find it because I did hear his entire um, statement on that. And I think that he was basically saying if you're, um, you know, anyone who um, wants to think that they're so holy and they're trying to use 
their holier than thou attitude to make somebody feel horrible, then that's one of the greatest sins of all is to make yourself holier than thou and above other people. So for some context, I sent you an article the other day from the independent, which is a newspaper. I I like a lot of their stuff. Some of it's questionable, but I do like some of it. Yeah. And they were basically saying that Tucker Carlson was trying to defend Blake Neff after his firing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. Okay. I, I thought that he wasn't defending him and he also wasn't defending the people that were celebrating his departure. Okay. That, that might be the case. Um, also, um, they took, um, out of context what he said about black lives matter. And I think what he was trying to say is that if you go up against black lives matter, they're going to come for you. Also, it had nothing to do with their, the fact that they were black. If you, if you read the, if you read that statement in its entirety, uh, he was very concerned about what um, what Black Lives Matter were was um, how they were treating um, people that were not a part of their organization and specifically um, the black people that were not supporting them and the white people that they were going after. And they and she, and he was basically thinking, well, if they're not going, if they are going after certain people then they're going to come after you and i think it was just a a, a warning mm. it, it had nothing to do with any single um that him having a racist attitude he was actually not for what they believed in but he believed that they were um in his opinion they were a hate group and that they were they were going to go after anyone that didn't want to um conform to their way of thinking Okay, I might not necessarily agree with that opinion, but I could see an argument for it. And again, I didn't hear it in its full context. Mm. I'm being honest, though. Yeah, and and he's also, and this is why I really do not believe that there um, that he is a racist guy because he's talked about racism quite a bit in his monologues, and he has um, poked fun at people who would just automatically call um, others who didn't think that way racist, and he mm. would just kind of jokingly uh laugh and say yeah yeah these are the same people that are calling you a racist but they're saying racist things so and and like i said i've listened to many 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 of his monologues and as i said before uh blake neff may have wrote the first draft of what he said but he didn't write all of it and um and and like i said it sounded to me like fox news did not know what kind of shenanigans uh Blake Neff was getting into until they found out that that was in fact his moniker. That might be the case when they did apologize. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little bit weird that he was allowed to quit, but that could be a Fox news thing as opposed to a Tucker Carlson decision. So I don't think that he should be held accountable for letting him uh, resign. I think Fox news should be though, but not necessarily Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. I, at least I think I do. Yeah. You told me mm-hmm. that you started listening to the Kanye West interview. Yeah, I did. And I didn't get through all of it. But yeah. he, but apparently um, he had this, uh, Kanye West had this um, uh, White Lives Matter t-shirt at um, Fashion Week in Paris. And mm-hmm. that really got a lot of people up in arms. And... He basically told Tucker Carlson that he didn't care about people responding to it. He just did it as a joke. 
to kind of poke fun at the the Black Lives Matter controversy because he thought, well, why not? I mean, nobody is making a shirt like this. Why don't I just kind of poke fun at it? It's kind of funny. But he didn't think much of it. He was just thinking that, okay, well, why don't I make fun of a situation that's that people are are um you know that people are kind of up in arms about and and just kind of have fun with it. And he also talked about um uh the reason why he's pro life. Um, and like I said, I need to go into it because I didn't get to the second hour yet. Uh, and, and, and I'm not even done with the first hour cause it was a, um, quite a big interview and it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, I'm not finished with it. But at the time it was known that Kanye West was a Nazi sympathizer and, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, yeah. that Tucker Carlson did not choose to bring that up because it was known by the left, but he's not, Tucker Carlson, I don't think is being watched by a lot of lefties like me. Right. He's being watched by more right-wing people. So he, if he's being watched by people who don't know that, then isn't it his responsibility to at least say, yeah, but you're a Nazi sympathizer? Well, look, 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 look. You have to give this guy a little bit of uh, slack here because- He's just asking him questions. And I think what he's trying to do is giving Kanye West um, a chance to say what he wants to say without um, anybody questioning him to kind of let people decide. And and I like I said, I, I'm not finished with the whole interview. I don't know what Tucker Carlson thought about um, the other part of the interview because that's probably when it gets a little crazy. And... Um, and even conservative commentators have um, commented on some of the things that Kanye West said, um, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see yeah. what what goes on with this. I mean, all I know is that he he wanted to give Kanye West the benefit of the doubt and have him say what he has to say without any judgment. I hear you, but and this is my own projection. But if I knew I was talking to a Nazi sympathizer and they were promoting white lives matter t-shirts and saying it's a joke I would say okay interesting by the way tell me about your love of Hitler that didn't come out until later though no it was known it was known in lefty circles well like I said I mean from what I gather right now he just wanted to give him a platform without any judgment but if he shouldn't we know the totality of a person so maybe you don't you don't push back even though I don't know why you wouldn't push back, but maybe you don't push back by that because you want people to decide by themselves, but you let them have the information that, by the way, yes, he's saying White Lives Matter is a joke, but he is also a big fan of Hitler. But I don't know. Like I said, I haven't listened to all of it. Okay. So I can't really make a lot of comments on it. Okay. We can, we can skip that for now then. Yeah. Um, Tucker Carlson, this is, I have a lot of issues with him, as you know. And... A big one is he pretends to be anti-elitist, despite the fact that he was born into money, and despite the fact that he was pretty good friends with Hunter Biden. And I'm going to get to that. Um, so I read the article, and you are right, Linwood did see the emails, but here's something to think about. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen recently. This happened in 2014. 14. Um, by the way... Um, he, I know that he did ask Tucker to help, I'm sorry, Hunter to help uh, Tucker out, but I think this is because they, um, at the time, 
they were friends and they, they used to be neighbors. Um, I don't know when they were, I can't remember when they were neighbors, but this is around the time before, um, stuff started going down with Hunter and, and Tucker actually knew, um, Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen. Okay. And said that Kathleen was actually a really nice lady. Well, let me ask you something real quick. I'm not done yet. We'll go on. Okay. 2014. You're anti-elitist, even though you were born into money. That seems like a contradiction to me, but that's Rick, right? I'm also the same guy who would ask, uh, why are you promoting White Lives Matter if you're a Nazi sympathizer? So maybe my values aren't right. But Hunter Biden's dad at that point was the vice president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And you were a conservative commentator and Joe Biden is at least trying to pretend to be a liberal. Now, I don't think that's true, but that's what most of America, including you, thinks. No, so, I think he is a liberal. I know, but I'm saying I don't think it's true, but you do. Yeah, I do. And presumably Tucker Carlson feels the same way. Uh, uh, let me let so, me put this in. What? Go ahead. So what I'm saying is, okay, maybe it was before all the trouble with the laptop. But at the same point, isn't it a little bit weird to be friends with the vice president's son and yet you're pretending to be anti-elitist? Well, first off. Um, I don't know that he's pretending to be anti-elitist. Uh, all I know is that he was born to money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's pro-elite. Also, um, at the time, he was friends with Hunter Biden, but again, things change, just like things change with Blake Neff. Right. You also have to take that into consideration that, you know, maybe at the time Hunter Biden was okay, and um, and now he, uh, from what I understand, um Tucker Carlton is no Tucker Carlson is no longer friends with Hunter Biden, and he's been um, uh, speaking out against the Bidens. Let Let me rephrase the question and put it kind of on me. I'm a fan of Amy Goodman, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you found out tomorrow that Amy Goodman is good friends with Mike Pence's son. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that would be a little bit strange? It would be strange, but I wouldn't dwell on it. I would want I would want to know like how did that happen, but it wouldn't be like I wouldn't want to know, oh, um, you know, is she donating to his campaign or something like that. I, I just I, I just think, well, okay, maybe they were friends at one time or maybe they befriended each other, even if they're on opposite sides of uh, politics. But like like as I was saying, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't sound like him and Tucker Carlson, I'm sorry, Hunter, uh, Tucker Carlson, it doesn't sound like he is buddies with Hunter Biden anymore. And it also doesn't sound like he supports the Bidens anymore. Yeah, and that's fine. And and there is an argument to be made that Hunter Biden has gone off the rails mm-hmm. and that he was normal in 2014. I don't know if that's true. Um, I suspect that these problems have been going on longer than that, but I can't prove that. And he was still married. uh, I think he was still married to his wife, Kathleen. Right. And again, I can't prove that he was off the rails in 2014, even though that is an opinion I personally hold. But what I can prove is that you have, at that time, yes, he wasn't on Fox News, at least not. uh, No, he wasn't. I don't believe he wasn't. Or at least he wasn't a, a main host. Yeah. But he was a popular conservative commentator who was at least somewhat good friends with the what most people can could consider the uh, the son of a of a liberal vice president 
And, and if you don't think that's weird or a contradiction, that's fine. But it is something to consider I, if you hate Biden so much well, that you I could mean, be in support of somebody like, who is good friends with the son. Like I said, things change. But that didn't change. It didn't change that uh, Joe Biden was a vice president. No, 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 and no, 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 no. I'm talking time. about his friendship with, with Hunter Biden. Okay. That has since changed, it sounds like. And at the time, things were different. And um, I don't know how well he knew the Bidens. I'm guessing he knew them somewhat well mm -hmm. if they were neighbors. But like I said, friendships change. Um, things are not always the same anymore. Okay, so sorry to keep harping on this, and I'll stop after this. Friendships change. Oh, and, and, and I have to tell you something else after this. Okay, okay. But friendship, friendships change. But the fact that Joe Biden is who he was back then doesn't change. He was still a very, very powerful person who, again, is considered liberal by pretty much everybody in Tucker Carlson's fan base. That was the case in 2014. And if you don't find that a contradiction or you find that's fine, that's cool, but... I don't, I don't think it is, really. Okay. I mean, because I don't know the ex as to what extent... Tucker Carlson knew Joe Biden, if anything. Okay, that's he fair. He probably just knew Joe Biden as Hunter's dad, and they were just neighbors. But he know. knew he knew who Joe Biden was. No, he knew who Joe Biden was. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's at the extent as, um, that he was good friends with Joe Biden, is what I'm trying to say. That's fair. Also, um, uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Tucker Carlson's son did not end up going to the university that he wanted to go in anyway. So Hunter's efforts didn't work anyway. Yeah, but he's still. Yeah, you know, but still. Yeah. What I what I'm saying is, friendships change. I don't know, you know, and we can we can ask these questions until the cows come yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. At some point, or we until do we're eat. Uh, blue in the face, or until my rice is cooking, which it probably is now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean. You know, I mean, there, there, there's questions, but I, I don't know that it really is a contradiction. I think it's pretty mild in, 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 in my opinion. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I would One thing I would encourage you to think about, and I may have this wrong because I, I got things wrong in this case that I've admitted to, mm -hmm. is does Tucker Carlson present himself as an anti-elitist? And if he does then it's a little bit odd that at one point he would be friends with the vice president's son. That's, um, I would invite you to just think about that. I will say this. So he has called out elitists for things that they've done. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that he's pro elitist. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't compare him to Fred Rogers because they're totally different people. Yeah. But I mean, Fred, I mean, as we found out in the documentary, Fred Rogers grew up in a rich family, but you wouldn't know that. Yeah. Tucker Carlson, I don't know that he presents himself as pro-elitist or anti-elitist. I think he calls out elitists. But I never got the impression that he was pretending like he was anti-elitist. Okay, that might just be something that I get uh, as somebody who's not a regular viewer to his program. Right. But the perception I always had was that he presented himself as a man of the people and anti-elitist, which doesn't really jive when you look at his personal life and go a little bit beneath the surface. Oh, okay. But we can agree to disagree there. Jay Wool. Yes. Was there something else you wanted to say about him? Um. No, I think I got out what I wanted to say because, um, and I'm glad that I 
I was able to articulate myself. Yes. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that earlier because I was really tired. <laughs> what? No, that's fair. And I'm glad you did the research. Um, and I did. I did. You found out that uh, some of the stuff I was saying was correct. And maybe there were some issues with other things. But mm -hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't intentionally lying on the no, things I that didn't, I got wrong. No, I didn't think you were um, intentionally lying about any yeah. of that. I, you know, maybe there were things that you didn't, you didn't get in the beginning. But, um I think this was a good conversation. Yeah. I didn't even tickle you. Yes. I, my opinion of, of Tucker Carlson still stands. I still think that there's some racism and hypocrisy there, but that's my opinion. And uh, time will tell whether that proves to be your opinion in the future. But it does sound like if you disagree with me that stuff, at the very least you question some of the things he's done a little bit more. Which is always a good thing, even if you like a personality. Uh oh. Yes. Would that be correct? I think so. Oh, good. Oh, oh good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and and but and one more thing. Yeah. If Tucker Carlson said he had a good time doing this, it probably means he thought that the debate was fun. Yeah, he did say that at the end of the interview. Even though Ben Smith, in 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 our both of our opinion, didn't look too good. No. <laughs> he did Tucker did call him out but and maybe this was just like a memory thing with you it was a little bit more playful than I thought it was going to be based on our previous discussions well when he has called people out on his show he has made it kind of playful but he was serious about a lot of things yeah it wasn't like he was joking but it was just he was kind of laughing at the absurdity of what the person was saying yeah it, he wasn't joking when he called ben smith out but he no, also wasn't. wasn't just like i hate you and this conversation's over no, no no no. he never said that he, no. i never got the impression that when he's had a, a guest that he didn't agree with because there are times where he would hear what they would say and he'd be like oh okay that's what you meant and he, you know it, it is kind of funny to watch it and sometimes when he he would laugh it was just because he was like, I can't believe you're saying that. It's really funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, he's laughing at the absurd absurdity, but he doesn't want to make the guests feel like I'm I'm above you. Nice. Uh, that, that's not what I have. That's not what I gathered. Well, good. Yeah. So I'm glad that he was able to have fun with Ben Smith, even though he didn't agree with what he said. Yeah. <laughs> real fun. Yeah, real fun. Yes. Okay. Well, good, babes. I will say this. One of the funniest interviews, there's this guy... Who called himself um, Dominic Tulipso, but he spelled it with, um, I think he spelled it with a Y. Oh. And he was coming off as being like a scammer. He said, Well, we know that you lied to people and blah, 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 blah. And Tucker Carlson just started laughing. He said, Actually, um, I know that I, uh, it, it's, I say my last name is Tulipso, but I think it, it's pronounced Tuyipso. And it was really funny because he was trying to scam uh Tucker Carlson and he just thought it was hilarious. Oh my god. And he goes, This is one of the weirdest interviews I ever had and I thought it was really funny. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's obviously no secret that I am not a Tucker Carlson fan. I will not be tuning into his Twitter show, at least not on a regular basis. Now if he does some racist stuff that we can call him out for, of course I'm gonna watch that and report back to you. But You're not gonna I find it. I, I can at least respect the fact that on some level, he is a decent broadcaster. Because 
Anybody can have right-wing views that they express on a talk show, but not everybody can get a good size audience doing that. So you do have to respect that I, there is some I, I, skill level. And I also think he does have a sense of humor. I do. He's he's made he's made things funny. Like there are times where he's like, "Let me show you this clip," and it was like a the wrong clip, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. Let me show you this one." <laughs> and he's kind of poking fun at the subject. Um, but I I I do think he has a sense of humor. Well, I think most good broadcasters let that show because it makes you seem a little bit more human, right? Well, because they are human. Both they are human, but it's not always shown um like as far as broadcasters go and i don't have a lot of material to compare the two i and again i hate to say this because i'm not a fan i would assume that tucker carlson is a little bit more talented than sean hannity i would agree now because i used to watch sean hannity a lot and he just whines yes he whines 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 and whines 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 and not a good representation of conservatives now, in my opinion. That, that that has changed because uh, Hannity pretends like he is, but there are definitely, I'm seeing more things that I really do not agree with him on the way that oh. he presents himself. What? No, I don't know. Yeah. I just like saying that. Wind, wind, wind. Oh, oh. And I'm sure both people have some good qualities, but... Uh... I'm a lib and I'm a good one, so it's hard to but If there's this. anything I don't like, it's, uh, it's if there's anything I really can't stand is a whiny lib and a whiny conservative. I can't stand both of those yeah. whiny, whiny people. And I would agree with you on that. Yeah, whining whining is just not, it's just such a big turnoff for me. It is. Yes. My mom didn't accept it and I don't either. Well, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Why will be there, Jay Wino? Jay Wino. Yes. Okay. Babes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Did you check your email? I'm going to after we do this. Something tells me we did not get seal tickets, but we wrap this up and then we both look our, at our emails. How about that? Because you also have lied too. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Does I don't something? think we got it, but I could, you know. Yeah, let's check. let's check just to be sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, babes. Anything else? No, it was a good conversation. It was a good conversation. And I didn't have to tickle you. That's good. Let's make that a regular <laughs> thing of not tickling me. Uh-oh. I give me a kiss and we'll wrap it up. Uh. Mm. Bubs. What? Kiss me normally. Okay, babes. Hi, babes. Okay. Bye-bye for now.